Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It is the month of August, month number eight of the year 2021. Eight is my favorite number, so I'm happy to be here. Actually, 12 is my favorite number, but eight is my second favorite number. I'm a legal 86. The eight is in my name, so I do like it quite a bit. I got Nerd Bomber here. Nerd Bomber, you technically have a three in your name. Is there... Not like, anymore. You know, those are those are back oh, you took the, the three nerdbomber.com days. I took the three out because you know what? There's only one of me, not three. But um Oh <laughs> we can all dream though. Oh. <laughs> Technic used to have a one at the end of his name. I guess in advance of like like he wanted to distinguish himself from, from Tactic Two. Was that the idea? Or Tactic Were you were you number one? Was Tactic blank was already taken. I think he had dreams of cloning himself, so he wanted to differentiate, but then those dreams fell apart. Well, no, Tectic 1 is technically the second Tectic, because Tectic was taken. Oh, I see. So, well, but at that point, just pick any number. One is the most boring number. Yeah, but it, it tricks you into thinking that I'm the OG. One is the loneliest number. Fair point. You could, Tectic, you could go for the three in your, for the E, too, if you wanted. If you could, you could steal Nerd Bomber's thing, given that she's given it up. Yeah. I could do that, too. I could use two threes. I could use a bunch of ones. My whole name could be numbers, basically. I should look into that. But for now, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a podcast. It's August. Uh, we have some more news for you this week. We're going to be talking about some Disney contractual issues. Uh, we're going to get into that. I'm sure you've heard about it at this point. It's been pretty high profile. We have to talk about the Annapurna Interactive Showcase as well. So that's pretty exciting. There is a third topic. Marvel's What If. We've talked about it a few times on the show before. We just got a new trailer in the past week. And we're going we're gonna to talk about What If. We're going to talk about what might be, what might be shown on the show as an alternate reality, how it might connect to the MCU and all of its larger gears that are turning. So we'll get into that as well. But before we get into all the news, you know, how you guys doing? We just jumped right into number conversation. I don't know, you know, I don't know how you guys how you guys are doing. Tell me, give me the give me the update. I am good. Thank you for asking. I'm a little yeah. I'm a little yeah. sad, honestly, from my my standpoint. Like we hit August and that means that's pretty much the last month of summer. And I'm not ready to let go yet. You're killing my vibe. Maybe everybody's vibe. Sorry. Uh so I'm I'm gonna need you to you know, September's a great month. Like, what, what's, what's look, let's forget about August for a second. Let's look ahead. When I was a kid, I loved back to school. Now, I might have been the only kid on earth who liked back to school, but like... I didn't like going back to know, school, but like school supply shopping was dope. Yeah, you got new binders. I mean, come on. That's the height of luxury as a kid. And like new pencils, binders, mechanical pencils, pens. Right. Well, like uh, every year we, there know, was like a new model of mechanical pencil or pen that would come out and like you had to try different ones to figure out if it would be your new favorite right exactly you, you get it you, we'll probably do we'll have to put this in our good ideas folder which we now actually have one by the way i i think we said good ideas folder put it in our secret segment ideas list we've never had one but i think last week or the week before was finally the breaking point where nerd bomber made us a discord channel that was like put all the secret segment ideas here instead of just saying them so we're going to do that now and i think one of them should be back to school just like talking about our our greatest like what was your greatest triumph as a back to school shopping what was what was your greatest triumph there like what what was your best binder what was your best revelation you know did you get any cool book covers did you do the grocery bags and then draw designs on them you know there's all kinds of stuff we can get into there we're not going to do that now but for now, it's August. It's still really hot. And there's still some news to dive right into. So let's talk about Black Widow because 
we talked about i think we have both now all three of us have talked about black widow we've all seen it and there are contractual issues i'm sure most people have heard that scarjo is a little peeved because she's not getting those dollar dollars essentially the idea here is that I think the idea behind the lawsuit is that because Black Widow didn't get a theatrical release and it rather it got this premiere access release on Disney Plus in conjunction with the theatrical release, she's losing money because she's getting, I guess, a cut of of the profits, which I don't even know if that's particularly common in actors contracts. I think that's not super often done. But in any case, she's feeling shortchanged. And Disney, I don't know if you guys saw it. Disney kind of snapped back. Did you see the, the, the Disney snap back? No one snaps back like Disney. I mean, they're huge. They, they, like, I don't, I don't want to say what the actual number number is, both because it's not in front of me and because that seems tacky. But like, they were like, "Hey, just so you know, you've already made this much money from the movie. Do you really need more?" That was like kind of the premise of their of their clap pack. Which is wild to me because like they have more money than yeah, like they own. Uh, yeah, she could easily re- reply with the same comment, right? It, it, and it would probably have a lot more a lot more bearing. For all I know, she did do that. Disney did say, "I'm." I'm quoting from the statement now they referred to johansson as having callous disregard for the pandemic which i i don't know man that seems i i i don't want to say i'm on scarlett johansson's side because there's a lot of nuance to be kind of delved into here but another piece of news here is that she's not the only actor uh, who has been considering lawsuits i think i heard at some point emma stone was considering one because of cruella Emily Blunt. Possibly other actors. Emily Blunt, okay. Um, with Jungle was, Cruise, I believe. She? Which uh-huh, just came which out. Which was this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have not watched that one yet. I don't know if you guys have. No, not yet. I suppose I would know because we share a Disney Plus <laughs> account and you didn't. That one just didn't pique my interest. Yeah. I figure that one I can I can wait on, you know? Like, sometimes there are movies you need to see now and it's worth the $30. That just wasn't one of them. I'm going to enjoy it just as much in six months. Yeah, so what typically happens, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but whenever like when Mulan came out, Corella, Black Widow, uh, Nerd Bomber messages me because we shared a Disney Plus account and I'm the I'm the keeper of the keys. She's like, Hey, just order this and we'll like we'll pay you. And it's a it's a great system. And they did not do that for Jungle Cruise. I don't really have interest in seeing Jungle Cruise either. But, you know, yeah, Emily Blunt emma stone i guess i'm reading this i have an article in front of me from screen Rant. i guess you know another company that has a similar sort of thing going on is warner brothers and hbo max because you may recall they moved their entire 2021 slate into same day hbo max releases and theatrical releases kind of concurrently they actually reworked contracts with a lot of their actors denzel washington in the little things gal gadot as well for wonder woman of course and that's the smart thing to do Honestly. Yeah. Every, I, everybody I'm, wins there because there's no bad PR, right? This is just bad PR for everybody. I'm on, you know, Scarlett Johansson's side simply because the highly paid lawyers at Disney neglected to say, hmm, maybe we should bake something into their contract that protects us. So, yeah, good on them. Take advantage of the, the throw, throw over the corporate overlord and take advantage of, of a flawed contract absolutely and like i definitely i get it like i can see if the contract structure wasn't such that her payout was affected by the box office numbers if if she was just getting a flat rate and then suddenly she came back and she was like this is not fair you should pay me more because this went on streaming concurrently like i could see where disney would have a leg to stand on here but like they did, like Technic said, neglect to take into account that this was a, a clause in the contract and they basically cut her profit 
And yeah, it was for yeah. a decent reason because the pandemic is preventing a lot of people from seeing things in person. But like they just, you know, you need to do a better job. Like from a legal standpoint, you just need to do a better job. Hashtag fight the power. We're, we're in uncharted waters here with the pandemic without a doubt. But like, yeah, you, you need to do what HBO did. And like when Disney announced, you know, we're going to move certain movies to premier access. That was when they should have approached Scarlett Johansson and anyone else, any of their bigger talents and been like, OK, let's work together. Let's work out. How do we need? How do we need to restructure this so that everybody is happy? Because there's certainly a scenario in which everybody is happy. Like, are they as happy as if the movie came out in theaters and everyone was healthy and it made a jillion dollars? No, of course not. But like, I also don't think Black Widow would have made a jillion dollars. Like, I, I don't know. There, there's no way to know this. But like, I don't know how much the pandemic hurt it. It it's tricky for me because I have a as I've mentioned been mentioned on the show a not so great opinion of that movie, but there's a way to like dollars and cents back this out right i mean, I mean I how much it does did. it cost on premiere access it's like 30 bucks it does well it did well overseas still i think I and mean, that's where it made most of its money like well like I'm one sure. of the things that we're neglecting to think about though is the amount of people who see marvel movies multiple times in theaters and when you have people at home yeah, paying that true. one-time fee they want to watch it again. They're not paying again. You know what I mean? Like I remember, and granted, this was not on the same level as Endgame for obvious reasons. Like Endgame was the culmination of like a decade of people's lives, and this definitely was not. But I mean, Endgame. I had some friends who went and saw it literally every weekend for like four weeks in a row because they just needed to sit and let it sink in. And again, this isn't the right. same type of movie, but I mean, people did it with Black Panther. People did it with Wonder Woman. People get excited about these characters and they do go to the movies multiple times to see them. So like in that aspect, I can kind of get it because I think Black Widow actually did really well the first week that it released. But then like, if I'm rem remembering correctly, like yeah. the next weekend, didn't it get ousted almost immediately by Space Jam or something like that? Which well, was, I, I think it had a, a record breaking. <laughs> yeah, I think it had like a record breaking pandemic opening, which like, again, isn't saying much, but like, I think it was the best opening during the pandemic. But I like, yeah, that's another thing I wanted to get to with this is I think Scarlett Johansson has a leg to stand on, if only because this movie was hobbled from the beginning. Pandemic aside, she got screwed. She wanted to make this movie for a long time. And this movie should have been made back when it made chronological sense. That's kind of why I feel like, and like I, like I said, when I gave my mini review of this movie, the fact that it didn't come out four years ago or, or five years ago, hobbled it from the start and made people, you know, even moving outside the movie itself, it made people not want to see it because they know what happens to her. Yeah, there are some things you can do that have import for later, but it's about the character. You, you mentioned Black Widow, people saw it a million times. Wonder Woman, people saw it a million times. It's because of the character and what the character means. People like Black Widow, but they know what happens to her, so they're not going to want to go and see this movie multiple times in the same way that you would for the movies that, that you mentioned. So, like, and like for that reason, the lawsuit aside, honestly, I'm Team Scarlett Johansson because she got screwed. And, you know, Disney should be able to foot the bill. I don't know what would make her happy. I don't even know exactly what she's asking for in the lawsuit. I'm sure she's asking for some higher percentage of the cut. And Disney should just give it to her because this is a horrible PR. <laughs> like it's it's really bad PR. I would I would imagine most people are on Scarlett Johansson's side. I don't know. Tactic, you've been you, you said you're team Scarjo, right? Yes. And and it's really just yeah. for the matter of down with corporate America. 
Right. Got a rebel tear, over here. Tear it all down. <laughs> tear it all down. Uh, yeah, a bit of an anarchist. So we want you to weigh in as well, dear listener. Uh, head over to Twitter, at Online Warriors one There's one on the end of that, too. Uh, that's our main show account, at OWLady6, at OWTechnic, at OWNerdBomber. Let us know. Are you team ScarJo? Are you team Disney? Are you team... Plus, I don't know. There's not only really a third party. You can't party forget, even, even the whole waiting this long to make this movie aside, Disney's just kind of treated her character kind of strangely through the evolution of the character. Yeah. You know, just being an uncomfortable sex symbol initially and then, and then realizing, oh, this this probably is wrong, which it was, but it, it just, it games, you know, down, yeah. down, with, down with them. The press junkets, if you've never watched... You know, Disney and the MCU is known for these big press junkets, right? Where they go and they're like, they take a certain subset of the Endgame cast and they put them all in a room. And it's like Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, Don Cheadle, and like, I don't know, Mark Ruffalo. And they'll be like, uh, Chris, what was like, what was the, your greatest influence in playing Captain America? And he's like, oh, yada, yada, yada. He mentions like some philosopher or whatever. Who cares? What are you wearing tonight? And then they go to, <laughs> yeah, then they go to Scarlett Johansson. They're like, did you wear underwear under the suit? <laughs> and like, there's like, there's videos where you can see her like being uh, understandably upset and being like, why aren't you asking me the questions you're asking these? And like, I think Disney, there, there's a, there's some of that that I think may be baggage with, with the Black Widow character, but like at the same time, Disney and the MCU have also smartened up in terms of, I think how they approach female characters in these MCU movies. And yeah, Scarlett Johansson was the trailblazer and she got short shrift for a lot of it. So yeah, like I said, then there's a lot this lawsuit may have been a long time coming and it may just be <laughs> rightfully a good way for Scarlett Johansson to be like, yo, you guys suck and you've sucked this whole time. And like, maybe you should consider sucking less. And so I'm going to make this public. So yeah, let us know if you're team ScarJo or team Disney on Twitter, hashtag team ScarJo, hashtag team Disney. I just made those hashtags up. They're probably already taken, but whatever, use them anyways and tag us. We'll see them. Black Widow, Jungle Cruise is out too. I, that was kind of a, we, we kind of just glanced Pause off that on this topic, free. but yeah, feel free to let us know what you thought of that. None of us have seen it. I don't think we have any direct plans to see it, but uh, maybe it's really good. I don't know. Maybe we're not giving it the time of day that we should. Let's stick with Marvel. We're, we're rolling on the Marvel train at this point. Uh, let's talk about what if, because this is to me, I think we just talked about maybe the ugly side of the MCU. And, and Disney. Let's talk about the really cool side because we, so we've talked about what if on this show before. I don't know if we've done it in passing or if we've given it the deep dive that we're going to do here. But premise of this show: this is a fully animated show that's going to be on Disney Plus starting August 11th next week, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's what if Captain America wasn't Steve Rogers? What if it was instead Peggy Carter? Apparently, there's also another, what if all the Avengers were zombies? There's like, so you should go watch this trailer. This trailer came out the past week, the third trailer for What If? And it runs through a bunch of different scenarios. What if Killmonger saved Tony Stark in the desert at the beginning of the first movie? And they go through all these scenarios. And the coolest thing about it to me, and we can go around the room, the virtual room, and say what what the coolest thing is to each of us. But the animation style is cool. But what's particularly cool about it is they are recreating exactly shots from the movies like if you if you watch in particular the iron man and killmonger interaction it is until killmonger shows up it is exactly what you see in iron man 2008 which i think is the coolest thing in the world they're putting you right back into those places and then they're changing one little thing and then they they take that and they spin it off and they run with it but it's 
it's such a great pure idea that I'm really, really excited about. And, and you know, Tactic, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this. So I'm going to turn it over to you first. What excites you about that? What also what upsets you if something upsets you about it? But I imagine you might be excited. I like what this implies for the multiverse. And hear me out. And, and it, it could be a little bit late in the game for them to be doing this. They, I might have recommended doing this a little bit earlier, but they needed to pump out a bunch of content first so that we can kind of do the what if spinoff of it. And the reason why... We have the playground set up now. Right, right. So now that the playground's set up, what this allows is basically them to pilot all these multiverse characters and, and, and sort of get our instantaneous feedback on whether or not we like Captain Carter, for example, as an alternate Captain America. I, th- I mean, I like her much better personally. But like, can they scour Reddit and say, wow, you know, there's a lot of good feedback on this on this character. Maybe we should segue them into the actual MCU you know, live action. And they can get that real time from this. And that's really what excites me most of all. I've never thought about it that way. We can not only see the same characters we fell in love with initially, but we can see completely new versions of them. And, and there's there's a huge exciting part of that. Yeah, no, that, I've, that's, that's interesting. I've never thought about it that way in terms of like, it's almost like market research for them on a global scale, right? They, they put it out at a production scale and they say, okay, do people like the Black Panther Guardians of the Galaxy mashup? And can we pursue that? Can we pursue that with Shuri? You know, like, like can we take our existing characters... And obviously you can't do exactly the same things that what if it's proposing, but like there are certain character archetypes that you can put in a fish out of water scenario and see how the audience responds to it. So yeah, that's a cool aspect as well. I want to nerd bomber. You you will get your chance, but I also want to mention, um, I want to get your opinion on the voice acting and granted this is a trailer, but like, I want, I want both of you and I'll go to you first nerd bomber. I mean, what, what did you think of the voice acting in particular? Some were uh, good. You notice it. Some were bad. Yeah. Like, the obvious one, I think, was Black Panther sounded off. But I mean, what do you, you can't I really thought that for it. Tony Stark. It's kind of like, what do you expect, though? Like, you know, they're not going to get the big stars to come in and do little bits for all of these what if scenarios. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm sure they probably could bake it into their contracts so that they're contractually obligated to do it. But I, I don't think it, anybody is expecting that. So it's going to be jarring for sure, though. And it's going to be kind of like the yeah. the Avengers video game, like kind of jarring to hear a different version of these characters. And especially like characters well, like the- Killmonger weren't too bad. But like the characters, like you said, Tactic, like Tony Stark, we've spent a decade with him. We've spent a decade with Robert Downey Jr. We know his voice at this point. Like I could close my eyes. You could play me a clip of like two words that he says in one of the movies and I would know exactly who it is. And that's not going to be the case with this, but I don't think we can expect that from this either. And it's going to be harder to accept than something like the Avengers game, because these, those were at least completely new, unique character versions. Whereas these, the art style is trying to make them look exactly like the movies, like you had yeah. mentioned, Illegal. I do think it was like, I think you're right. Like, I think Tony Stark was pretty bad. Black Panther was pretty bad. The Thor guy, I was like, that's either him or it's a world-class Chris Hemsworth. It sounded exactly the same to me. The Thor one did. So I think it was a mixed bag. I think there were a couple that were good. There's a couple like Killmonger. Doctor Strange was good. Talk, didn't even talk that much. Doctor Strange was good. Like, there were Vision was terrible. Like, there were certain ones where I was like, wow, 
again to the point where like with thor i was like did they get chris hemsworth that he just like volunteered to do this because it sounded exactly like him and then there were other ones that that weren't so good and that can pull you out of it but like i'm kind of curious from a voice acting standpoint like i feel like there are so many people who do impressions and they do them very well and i just wonder like how they pick and choose the voice actors who you know obviously take on these iconic roles for something like what if like do they look do you think for someone who tries to be exact to the role or do they just find someone who they think fits semi like like you said the thor impression was pretty darn good but some of the others are meh so like do you think these are just voice actors that you know they know are highly skilled or do you think they go out there and like try to find an exact match because if they do try to find an exact match they obviously failed in some of these cases i mean they're probably up against schedule they were trying to probably find an exact match but they had to time it right you know that said we really need two characters to be introduced into the mcu and that's christopher walkings and mark Wahlberg. because then illegal you and i got a job right we're right in there i think it's tough because i think if you try to find an exact sound alike if you then if you miss it's way more noticeable than if you just let someone do their own thing. like they might have tried they might try both ways they might just like you said look for the best voice talent and then if if a guy comes in for thor happens to sound just like chris hemsworth they're like oh great we got this and then if a guy comes in for tony stark who sounds nothing like robert downey jr but who's a great voice actor they're like okay we can do that too like i, I don't yeah, i would like to think they don't the hem themselves too. in it's more than just a you know an identical voice but it, it's it is interesting you know tactic you mentioned the multiverse what what are the ties here is this trying to like is the premise here that dr strange falls into some multiverse and sees a bunch of different realities is that uh, that's what i took well away the what if the trailer, premise and that's, was was never really supposed to be the multiverse from what i recall it was always just supposed to be the, exactly that these what if scenarios but based on the trailer we saw it appears that he like it falls could in go either way right So I'm excited to see what what stance they're taking with this. I think they use the term multiverse in the trailer. And then there's this like this watcher guy who talks about how he he just observes. He never interferes. And it's it seems like there may be this kind of anthology thing going on. But it also is going to trace some kind of continuous arc through all the episodes. I don't know how many there are, but it's a very cool idea. It's very interesting. It, It it's a little bit like the Star Wars thing we talked about that I can't remember the name of. It's not voices, but it's something like that. Yeah, where they all have their own where they all have their own story. thing. Yeah, this is a little bit different because it's it's really kind of hammering on the use of existing characters, whereas I'm not sure the other one did. But it, it's it's a really really cool idea, a really cool playground. I'm not sure. One thing I'm curious about is we see Spider Man for like a fraction of a second, and I want to know what you're immediately thinking gonna... about, Toby. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm always thinking about Toby. I'm for... thinking about Miles. Yeah, there's a lot they could do there. There's a lot of different renditions of Spider Man. I don't know if they're going to go the way they did They did with the rest of the characters they showed in this trailer where, like, Spider-Man is actually Captain Marvel or something. Like, they're just going to mash two characters together, basically, seems like the premise for a lot of these. Or if it's going to be, eh, what if Spider-Man was, you know, lived in the Bronx instead of Queen? Like, it's, you know, I, I don't know how far they're going to take changing him. And we see him for a fraction of a second to the point that we don't even really know what's different. And he that was one of the ones where I was like like him and like i think thor too it's like you don't really see what's different about them and maybe there's nothing different about them it's just they're put into a different circumstance that we don't yet understand but i'm into it uh next week on disney plus this comes out before we move on to to the break i mean are there any what if scenarios that we didn't see here that you desperately are wanting to see using existing characters or not that's a very on the spot question i'll try to go first i want more wong 
you know wong from dr strange i want wong to be dr strange i want their roles to be reversed dr strange is too cool that's the thing i don't like about dr strange love the character but i hate the fact that he's such a he dr strange when he comes in in the in the movie like he has this massive ego right and the, his whole plot character arc is like trying to shed that ego and like he does but like not all the way right he's still like kind of that that sly benedict cumberbatch kind of smart alecky no i don't i don't want that i want someone like wong instead i want to see what he would do i guess that's my what if what if wong was the sorcerer supreme what's the deal with that i don't know if you guys have any potential mcu i think i have dithering scenarios so mine kind of revolves around endgame and what would happen if the other half of the avengers had to figure out what to do with the snap like basically trade places like the half that we got in endgame they were the ones who were snapped away and we were left with the remaining avengers i want to see like how that would have played out if it would have been different if we would have had weird time travel craziness because i really don't think we would and that would make me happier right that but i think that would be interesting i mean you'd have a different ensemble of characters facing the same kind of challenge arguably i feel like it might be funnier I feel like the characters that would be left if they swapped places would be a little more lighthearted, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you're right. Captain America's too stoic and he's like the leader. And he's just like, we lost everything. It's like, come yep. on, man, let's have fun with it. <laughs> it's an <laughs> MCU movie. I, I on the on the on the subject of Endgame too, I think they should take one of the very common meme scenarios and play it out. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before, but there is like a meme how to win Endgame where Ant Man goes up Thanos' butt. Let's see that. Let's see what happens there. You've heard about that, right? I'm not making that up. Did I dream that? I feel I've Let's never seen that. I feel like that's we just saw inside the mind of Illegal what he dreams about at night is and no, no, crawling no, in people's no. butts. Listeners, this is real. Google it. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident this is real. Ant Man, someone at the end after like Infinity War came out, they're like, oh this is easy. Just have Ant Man go up Thanos' butt and then like do the giant hit the giant button and like Thanos explodes. So one of the most dark timelines that I've read about was the Immortal Hulk series. And that's basically where where Hulk completely takes over and Bruce basically just gives up. And so what makes Hulk so powerful is he has the morality guiding him, but is also his rage. The anger he gets, the strongest he gets. And he's ultimately one of the strongest superheroes in the entire MCU. And so what I'd like to see is... um, and we've seen a lot of different people take on the Hulk mantle, but none of them are, are quite as strong as Bruce Banner. I'd like to see an original Hulk that matches that strength, but starts off with a suede compass, so to speak, what that would manifest for the entire Avengers. This is going to make me sound like an absolute moron, but for like half a second when you said suede compass, I literally thought you meant like the material suede. And like a compass. Yeah, like fuzzy. I was like, what? Really, really <laughs> fuzzy. So while you were talking, I did look up. This is called the Thanus Protocol. T-H-A-N-U-S Protocol to defeat Thanos. It is real. I found a Vox article, which means it's real. Adventures End Game Theory that Ant-Man kills Thanos by going up his butt and expanding. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, hey, that's a great, that's a great what if to explore, Marvel. It's not too late. I just so, want to know what would happen. Would it so work? you've heard it here first, folks. Neither of them listened to my what if. Uh, we heard Suede Compass and... No, I heard... No, I totally... <laughs> I, I totally listened. You want, you, want, you want a different Bruce Banner, which I, you know, 
I'm I'm there. I guess I like Bruce Banner a lot. And in the comments, but don't you, say oh, Cho was Hulk. I want an original Hulk that's not Bruce Banner because it looked like there, we might have been alluding to one in the trailer. It might have been Hawkeye, and I couldn't tell. So I hope that's what they did. But he's also got the okay. same, well, you know, moral guidance. I want I want someone that's a little bit more morally corrupt. Okay, like an Iron Man. Who's yeah. just like I'm rich and people don't like me, but I'm I'm a, I'm a superhero. Yeah, I could see that. Hey, maybe, well, maybe we could get our Pokemon guy Jim Battles to be the new the new Hulk. How about that? Shout out to Jim Battles. I'm gonna shout Jim Battles out every episode now. I'm just, by the way, I'm just in general. I'm always a fan of the Beast Within sort of struggle. That's why Venom's such an interesting character as well. Which incidentally, we're not talking about it today, but there's a new Venom trailer, so go check that out. Venom Two, I should say. Let there be carnage. No time for that this week. Maybe we'll talk about it next week or some other time. Who knows? But right now, we are going to transition into our break. But before we do, I would be remiss if we did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producers, Mr. Ben Chuckness, Mr. Stephen Keller. Take a bow. Uh, you're both going to be coming on the show here pretty soon for your guest spot. We're coming up on that time again. So get hyped for that. As a result of serving as knights on our Patreon Ben and Steven have producer credits on the show. They get their occasional guest spots. They also get input into the weekly game segment, which I will be hosting this week. Topic to be mentioned later. They also get, of course, uh, access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. There are also Squire level Patreon supporters, which get access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And the lowly pages get access to the monthly secret segment. For more details on all of the levels of support, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Stephen and Ben for helping us to keep the lights on, keep the show running and producing the show. And uh, yeah, good looking out. We're going to take a short break now to shout out one of our sponsors and we'll be right back to talk about Annapurna. We'll be back to talk about Annapurna in just a minute. Sun's out and shades are in. Get your home summer ready with custom window treatments from blinds.com. Get a high-end look without the high-end price with the most popular outdoor shades and transform your backyard into the perfect weekend oasis with light-filtering shades that help block UV rays without obstructing your view. Plus, right now, Blinds.com is offering up up to 30% off everything, making it a breeze to upgrade any room in your home, indoors or out. With over 25 million blinds sold and 35,000 five-star reviews, There's a reason why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Whether you do it yourself or have them handle the install from start to finish, Blinds.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy with free shipping and 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast. Upgrade your backyard and window treatments with Blinds.com today and enjoy your new view all summer long. Go to the link in our show notes to shop up to 35% off site-wide. That's the link in our show notes for up to 35% off site-wide. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, the Annapurna Interactive Showcase. Now, my touch point with Annapurna thus far, I think predominantly is What Remains of Edith Finch which they actually did briefly talk about. I think it's coming to mobile that was mentioned in the, in the showcase. We're going to take a different approach to talking about this showcase. It was like 45 minutes long. We don't have a whole lot of time. We wanna, we'd rather go more into depth in like three of the games that were mentioned. So we each picked one. 
I'm going to let Nerd Bomber take the reins here because I think you picked one of the bigger one of the bigger splashes. And we've talked about this title before, I think, E3 last year when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. But this looks particularly exciting. So tell us about Stray. Okay, so Stray is a... It looks like an action-adventure game where you basically play a cat who is living in this post-apocalyptic-y type world where you're separated from your family, you have to make it through the city, and the only people who are left are these robotic entities. And you basically have to use your cat skills because it's not like you have like crazy superpowers or anything. You're just a, a plain old stray cat and you have to use your skills, like pick things up or figure out puzzles to make your way through the city, hopefully find your way out of the city and find your way back to your family. And the interesting thing here, too, is that eventually at a certain point in the game, so they, they kind of showed and walked through some of the gameplay of this game, you meet like a little robot AI companion who hooks you up with this device so you can kind of understand and communicate with the robot people that you meet throughout the city. And you also then start getting some powers so you can fight back against these like corrupted little evil creature things that attack you. And the thing that really struck me the most, I mean, besides the fact that there are some very clever puzzle dynamics here, they made this game, even though it's in like a post-apocalyptic like steampunky like steady-esque world really kind of hacking cute like the interactions between the cat and the robot people that you meet throughout the city as you're wandering like like you can scrap the song at the end yeah you can sit down and listen to a robot play a guitar and just kind of curl up on a pile of pillows next to him you can get a little nap yeah it's just like it's so cute and this is a game, like a weird mashup of cuteness and steampunkness and like puzzle solving skills that I didn't know I needed, but I definitely, definitely do. And this is something that I've kind of had my eye on since we saw it at E3, whether it was last year or the year before. And I'm very, very excited. They said this is coming now in early 2022, I believe, to PS5 and Steam. And I'm and here PS4. for it. And PS4. Don't don't worry, PS4. I like myself. <laughs> this is a game that when I when I see it, it just it makes sense to me on a lot of levels, right? I mean, cats are very curious and agile creatures. And it's a puzzle game. What and it's a puzzle game. What better what better protagonist for a puzzle game that involves you kind of exploring this derelict steampunk city? I, I, I get, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. It looks, you know, pretty pretty good graphically. It looks like a game that I could really get a lot out of it. It reminds me a little bit of Inside. If oh you're yeah, that game or, mm-hmm. or or Limbo. Both of those are very good. It's there's there's a subset of games, and, and you know, obviously those are not very cheery games, and I'm not sure Stray will be either. It looks more cheery, but like it's very quiet. It's it's like it has this. It cultivates this introspective atmosphere, and there you you interact with robots and you listen to songs and stuff. But it's it seems like it's a very it's designed to be a very solitary and kind of closed in experience, which I like a lot about it. And you're a heckin' cat. You're picking up buckets. You're solving puzzles. I love puzzle games. It has like, looks like kind of vague, like platformer elements. I'm very into this. And like, it, it kind of brings like this different perspective to the world too. You know, this is something that I really enjoyed about like Moss as well, which is a PSVR game just the ability to see the world from a different point of view because there's so many games like yes we play as humans or even like crazy fantastical creatures but something as simple as a cat like 
getting down on the ground, seeing things from a completely different perspective, the world may be exactly the same, but it completely changes the experience. And like you said, it kind of leads to this quiet kind of just like contemplative experience that Annapurna is really, really good at. Your protagonist is a, is an important choice in, in the video game you're designing because it has direct bearing on the level of interaction you can even have with the environment. And like, you know, granted, it looks like the cat at some point finds this like little drone thing that allows him to open safes and gather items, do all kinds of things. And, and the level of interaction then goes up. But at, at least until that point, you know, you start the game, they show the beginning of the game, you start the game as an injured cat who like there's you you interact with the environment. That's obviously how you solve puzzles and move from place to place. But there's only so much you can do to interact with it. And again, that just that kind of mellows the whole thing out a little bit in a way that I think could be really, really cool and very peaceful to to work through in spite of the fact that it might still be a little bit challenging. So very on board with Stray. I'm I'm curious how much it's going to cost. Is this, is this a $60 game? I, it doesn't really seem super clear to me. I, I could easily see it being that, but I suppose we'll, we'll find out. Tactic, what are you bringing to the table here? So the game I wanted to talk about is Neon White. And one of the things that they opened up with is this game is for the freaks. Absolutely, yes. I am. I would really, cons- really drove that point home. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it, like, I would consider that. myself a freak because this game looks fantastic. The object of the game is is basically you're clearing all the demons out of out of heaven, and you got to do it really, really fast. It's a speed running parkour s game, similar to Blade Runner, where you use a little bit of sort of a puzzly approach to optimize and improve each run and each level. And that ultimately unlocks more levels and gives you additional maps and such. But also, and this part I could take it or leave it with, it's got a little tiny bit of a dating sim embedded yeah, into it. That's a- that surprised the crap out when he's like, you can get these gifts if you use certain cards and then you can give them to chicks. I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> nice. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that they, was, they that, don't... That part was weird. I hope can we that talk they about that part for a second? They don't make that a large part of the game because honestly, I can yeah. care, care less about it. I, I'm more here for the puzzle speed runs to try to get the best time and, and kill demons, honestly. I think that's kind of interesting though. So like, I'm not really a dating sim person. But, like, that's a very heavy element in a lot of JRPGs and, you know, Japanese-style games. And obviously, there's a lot of inspiration drawn from Japanese games in Neon White. You know what I mean? Like, from the art style to the dialogue options and everything like that. And even, like, the way that the dialogue and such is presented. There's definitely that influence here. I'm already going to be all sweaty, though, from doing the speed runs. (laughs) Just saying. It was... it was just like it was such a weird because like I when I saw the art style of this game, I'll be honest, I'm not a JRPG guy. I I kind of wrote this game off, but then like seeing the gameplay, seeing the potential for optimization, like you said, but the speed runs, I love the way the cards are used. I was like, oh, this is super cool, and I want to talk about that a little bit more. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But I, I'm not done with this dating sim thing yet because that was just like the weirdest transition ever. I was like, this is so cool, and he's like, yeah, then you can get this gift, and you can give it to a girl, and. You know, like, who knows what's going to happen. I was like, what? Like, combining that with, like, the multiple times he was like, this game's for the freaks. I was like, I don't, I don't, I was into this and now I'm, like, I'm still into it at large. But I was like, man, that was, like, a very strange tonal shift there. But, yeah, let's get back to the speedrunning part because that, 
the so mechanics each, are very cool. Each card that you get is a is a weapon, and each weapon you can just shoot, you know, shotgun, fire, blast, whatever, or you can throw away the card for some kind of movement power up. So like jumping, double jumping, dashing, what have you. And so as you play the level and sort of become aware of your surroundings and and gain experience and such, you sort of know what card combination will give you the best run and that that's a puzzle you guys know i love puzzles that's super cool right it's very very it, it and he you know the developer mentioned at one point too it it really invites replay which is super cool because the levels are so quick based on what he showed you're going to want to you know introduce the desire to replay them if you want your game to take more than you know five minutes to beat right so it's it's cool design i don't know about the the whole heaven thing like i i I think it might be even cooler in a different setting and plot. That part I wasn't super driving with, but the gameplay itself, I was very, very into. I almost so. feel like with this game, so obviously you and I, especially, we're very story-driven players, but there are obviously games where story doesn't matter and it's more so about the mechanic. And I would argue like, for example, Doom yeah. is a good example of that i had a ton of fun with doom right. couldn't care less about the story and Did i feel doom like even have a story i don't <laughs> like it's if uh, it does it's not there the original doom like well doom 2016 the original doom is yeah. very old um kind of did but not really and then in doom eternal they tried to shoehorn a story in and i was just like i don't i don't want this just let me kill things and they know what people are showing up for They're yeah like, whatever you just want to shoot stuff and so, like, I feel like they needed a reason for this game to be, and they gave it a story to kind of propel that. But, like, the story doesn't seem like it's going to matter all that much. People are mainly going to be focused on the dating sim. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, yeah, who knows? Uh, it's a really cool idea. Like I said, I, I definitely wrote it off before watching the trailer, and it it looks really cool. So be sure to go check out Neon White. My choice is a little different. I guess it's kind of staying with the van. I think we've all kind of chosen puzzle-y games i want to talk about storyteller really quick storyteller is a game but this is a game that you're writing a story right and as as an aspiring you know whatever screenwriter novelist whatever that alone appeals to me but it has a puzzle element right and and the the trailer for this game during the showcase was essentially just showing you little examples of how it would work you know you basically are tasked with you have to write a tragedy and you have a certain subset of settings characters and events to choose from and you have to put those panels onto pages and write a story in like a kind of medieval looking book like when you know at the beginning of shrek when he's taking a dump and he's reading that book it looks like that book basically and i was really into this it looks super super simple this is only going to be on nintendo switch and steam and it's like borderline a phone game. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, going to say, to me, it looked like a, a mobile game. Might be a game. phone game. And yeah. the one thing that I really hope that they don't do is I, I hope that somehow it all ties together. So in the trailer we, we saw, it looked like it's just many independent little tiny stories that... One pagers. Uh, yeah, that surmount to nothing. I'd, I'd really like to see if at the end of your entire storybook, it, it kind of tells a story where it all connects right or you're you're writing chapters would be one way to do it yeah like you're writing chapters and at the end you're it's revealed to you that you've actually written a huge story you know i i would hope that what they showed in the trailer for this was 
introductory material that it's going to get more complex and like they got up to like eight panels at one point but they were going through it at one point too i don't know if you guys noticed this in the trailer they showed the first one at like at a pace where i could follow it and then they each subsequent one it got oh, yeah, faster, they and, faster it up. and faster until i was like i don't even i can't even really see what you're doing anymore why are you showing me this and i wonder if that, um, was, so that was on purpose though because like i don't know sometimes it, it's different when it's a game where you control like movement or you're shooting or something and it's more like skill based but when it comes to puzzles if you reveal too much in a trailer then it's just like "Mm, well i saw this part in the trailer i know how to solve this you know or i know what to do here right i think this game could be a lot of fun sitting around the tv with somebody and kind of like almost ad-libbing it and just trying to come up with some ridiculous stuff i'm gonna say with a drink in hand there's oh yeah for sure there's definitely a creative it's a creative puzzle game. Like apparently there is a right answer. Otherwise it's not really a puzzle game, but like it, it kind of is also encouraging you to mess around with it. Right. And they show that again, a couple of times in this trailer, they make really goofy panels that make no sense. And they're like, well, no, that's not going to work, but it can be funny. It can be interesting. It can put new ideas into your head about maybe story ideas that you have that are much larger. So I think it's a really cool concept. I'm looking forward to seeing where that one goes. That's a switch buy for me. Again, assuming it looks like it's on the scale of a mobile game, this thing I better be like ten bucks. <laughs> like if it's more than that, I'm not gonna be interested, to be clear. But if it's around that price point, I'm gonna be into it. So Storyteller from Annapurna, be on the lookout for that one as well. And be on the lookout for all the other Annapurna stuff. There was an Outer Wilds expansion announced and a bunch of other games were, were talked about. We're not going to get to here. Again, some of which have already been mentioned in like E3 and other places. So feel free to go check out the Annapurna showcase. Let's get into what we've been up to. And uh, let's start with uh, with Tactic this week. Tactic, how you been? How, what do you be? So you guys all know that we have a dog. What you might not know is that we have a rabbit. And we learned something about this rabbit. Did you know that rabbit's teeth should be monitored because they can grow long in their mouth? So always monitor their teeth. We had to get his little teeth cut today. Ah! Yeah. You cut them? Well, the the vet cut them. But it's... So people, if you have a rabbit, make sure to like open up your rabbit's mouth and really look because they can bend inward where it's tough to see. And so this has been my public service announcement to be mindful of your rabbit's rabbit. teeth. To like the one rabbit owner that listens to Online Warriors. That's a very left field PSA, but I'm, I'm here for it. But he's, he's got them trimmed. He's, as soon as they cut them, he started licking out of pure happiness. He's, 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 really, he's really excited. The other update that I wanted to cover is we watched the movie Freaky. And... Um, not scary. We talked about this last week. We did? We didn't talk you about mentioned. watching it, but we were talking about it in relation yeah. to like slasher movies and the lack thereof almost. Yep, yep, yep. And so this actually, this came on HBO Max, I think last week. And it was a perfect time then to sit down and actually watch it. And I have to say, I don't think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That's, a, it's, that's upsetting. That's not what I was expecting to hear It's at all. not very scary. And they don't know what kind of slasher they want to be. So, like, there's, like, the voodoo-type slasher, then there's the standard serial killer-type slasher, and I don't don't think they could really pick. They, like, half-assed eat both of them. See, I disagree. I thought this movie was actually a lot of fun. Like, you can't take it seriously. It's very clearly meant to be, like, a funny slasher trope movie like it's kind of funny kind of like 
There are some jump scares. I know Tectic jumped a couple times. There are definitely some no, jump scares. It wasn't like super scary, but like it was kind of like Scream or a scary movie version of Scream. You know how Scary Movie came out to like kind of make fun of and mock Scream in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like that. I think the thing that impressed me was the acting because you have Vince Vaughn, like Tectic didn't do a good sell on this movie. Essentially, it's Does he still got it? Who? Tactic or Vince Vaughn? Vi- no, Vince Vaughn. Does Vince Vaughn still got it? He I, does. I, I was, Vince Vaughn was a big deal back in the day, man. He was great. So the, the sell of this movie that Tactic neglected is basically you're taking your slasher movie, you're taking your scream, your teen slasher movie. It takes place in a high school and you're mixing it with Freaky Friday. And in this case, Vince Vaughn is the serial killer and he switches place with a young girl Catherine Newton. So they switch bodies. Yeah, the girl from uh, the girl from lots Blockers. of stuff lately. Yeah, and so they switch places, and they have twenty four hours basically to switch back, or they're going to be permanently in each other's bodies. So obviously, you have Vince Vaughn having to kind of mimic the mannerisms of a teenage girl, and Catherine Newton has to kind of pull off this very, you know, stoic, dark serial killer type visage while also having to play like their actual age-appropriate characters at the tail end and bookend of the movie. And the fact that they're able to easily switch into those roles and pull it off very convincingly was, in my opinion, a pretty good acting feat. Like, they were very convincing and believable. Well, duly noted. Yeah, I might, you know, if I'm in a certain mood, I could see myself watching that movie, certainly. I don't... I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm, I'm going to go see it right now, but good to know. What about you? I, I Tactic, I'm assuming your update is, is finito. Yeah, okay, so... No, no, no further comment. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, my update is still making progress on my little Bulbasaur planter. Got a base coat down. It's looking very good. I decided to go the paint pen route for all the detail work. I was originally going to try taking like a little paintbrush and trying to do detail work, and that is not going to happen. I discovered that I'm not very good at using paintbrushes. <laughs> like it's, Painting it's, is... Oh, it's man. hard. Well, one time I... My my fiance and I, she was my girlfriend at the time, we went to this pottery painting place and I was so excited. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a Spider-Man mug. And holy crap, painting is so hard. It's... You don't, re- you don't... You don't realize until you do it. It's the hardest thing to do. Just paint with like little brushes and like paint in like little lines. I was like trying to make yeah. like the Spider-Man logo. Oh my God, it's impossible. So yeah, I feel you on that. And nope. so while I haven't been... When I haven't been working on that, I've also been, you know, playing around with my guitar. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago or whatever that I kind of picked it back up a little bit. I was kind of inspired by the Rocksmith Plus announcement just to kind of see if I could get back into it, if I would even want to use that service. And I picked up a musician subscription again, and I've used this app before in the past. And basically it's kind of like the same premise of like a rock band type thing, but they show you like tabs and stuff and they teach you how to play. And there's lessons like video lessons. And then like it listens to your guitar to see if you, you know, match the notes correctly as they go across your screen. So you, you pick up skills. And I've always been kind of like a, a chord guitar player. And so I'm trying to actually pick up like electric, lead guitar sort of things and it's hard that is also very hard painting and guitar are both two very hard things that i've discovered <laughs> right 
yeah uh i still just kind of play the guitar on and off but haven't really made strong steps to like get better in a while i kind of like to just you know fiddle with it a lot of the time but maybe someday i'll get back back into that but sounds like a lot of self-improvement stuff going on over there a lot of fun hobbies a lot of cool little projects yeah so right on with that tinkering i with tech chick tinkering with tech chick it's coming folks here we go i have been i want to shout out one show that uh, my fiance and i started watching called full bloom on hbo max imagine so i talked about the great pottery throwdown on this show before and how much i loved it and i know i got some twitter love for like people are like this show's great guess what it is great that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about full bloom which is a little bit like the florist version of great pottery throwdown and also like the florist version of like the great british baking show they're all the same cut from the same cloth i think this show is actually technically like american like all the contestants are american one of the judges is british but one of the judges of every show is british so it just makes sense and it's exactly what it sounds like they're creating like floral arrangements and like these big things that like to impress judges and like they're on teams a lot of the time and they're literally just like making big things with flowers sounds weird but it's very very pleasant in the same way that those other shows that i mentioned are streaming for free on hbo max so i would recommend checking that one out Uh, that's one update and then the other update kind of a psa not about cutting rabbit teeth because my goodness but if you haven't tried this in or if you haven't done it in a while i recommend doing it i do this activity i would say once in a blue moon gross Uh, i don't think i've done it uh the past in the past year i think i did it last year at one point because it was a good pandemic thing uh go fishing went fishing with my fiance and her father shout out to my fiance's father over the weekend my most successful fishing trip ever i caught i think five or six fish uh which for me is unheard of i rarely catch more than one when i go fishing and sometimes i don't catch anything that's how fishing goes but what uh, kind of fish just like bluegill you know just like in a pond you know we weren't like you know wrangling marlin or anything it was a lot of fun good way to sit there and try to de-stress and decompress and kind of just do nothing and be in nature so definitely recommend fishing in your spare time if you have the spare time and the water you know you need water to fish otherwise what what do you where are you fishing i suppose you could ice fish but that's i don't know if we have any like arctic circle listeners but that's my mini PSA, which means that we are now at quiz time. And the quiz topic this week is John Mayer. And I don't know if this was, again, if this was chosen because it was known that I like John Mayer. I, I think Nerd Bomber sometimes tailors the topic choices for our producers based on who the host is. You're welcome. John Mayer, you know, I'm actually like, it's kind of funny. I do like him. I have a bit of a love-hate thing with him a lot of the time because... I like his early stuff a lot. And we're going to talk about some of his early stuff because that's what I like the most about him. His more recent stuff, I'm not super into, but we can dive into, you know, my personal issues with John Mayer another time. But let's 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 talk about John Mayer in the more quiz quizish sense. Uh, I have six questions and a bonus in front of me and uh, they're all numerical. You know how it goes. So uh, we're going to start with Nerd Bomber give tactic a bit of a leg up here although there are six questions so there's no advantage for going first when was john mayer born you know john mayer i'm trying to remember i feel like i know how old he is i think he's in his 40s maybe 50 Uh, i'm gonna say in 1980 i'm gonna say tactic i'm gonna say 1984 
Okay, we got a double bust to start. 1977. He's 43 years old. He looks great. So you you looks were right. He's in his great. 40s. You should have gone a little bit lower. October 16th, 1977. So that's how old he is. With that in mind, and I'm going to keep the two kind of year-based questions next to each other. Uh, his debut album, Room for Squares, which, by the way, is a fantastic album. Why Georgia? Bodies of Wonderland. No such thing. I could go on. When was his debut album, Room for Squares, released? And Tactic, you'll start this one. I'm going to go I'm gonna go 2000 on the nose. I think it was earlier okay. than that. I think it... Hmm, that only gives me a short window. Hey. I'm going to say 1990, but I think it's like the 1996 range. June 5th, 2001. It was actually what? first released then online only and then re-released when he signed a, with a major label in September of that year. So Tactic hit it almost right on the nose. He is on the board. Let's stick with Room for Squares. I mentioned Your Body is a Wonderland. I remember that song. Come on. Body is a Wonderland. Where did it peak on the Billboard Billboard Hot 100? I don't think it hit number one. I'm going to say four. Which way is busting? Yeah, we always... I didn't, I didn't think about that before asking the question. We'll say if you're too low, you busted. Because I, th- I feel like that's what makes sense. You know? Nerdbomber, I'll allow you to re-answer if you want to recalibrate your answer. I'm too low, I busted. Okay, I'm going to... If you're too low, you busted. I'm going to say 10 then with that in mind. I'm going to say 1. It's a safe guess. That philosophy. No, if you're too low, you busted. It's the least safe guess. (laughs) Do you mean low on the billboards? Yeah. I mean, if you're lower than the number... No, because 1 is high on the billboards. Do you guys not know what low means? I meant a low number. Nerdbomber, you knew what I meant, right? I did, yeah. That's why I adjusted to a lower... So that gives me no buffer if I pick one and I got you now. Right. I'm going to go 20 then. All right. 18. So <laughs> in spite of all the confusion, Tactic gets the point. Uh, I'm going to lose to Tactic again? Are we serious? No, no. Again. I start off hot. Remember? Then you come back. Yeah. It's a tie. Yeah, he, you win in overtime. Well, he, you have two points. There are three questions to go. So it might not even be a tie. Let's just see what happens here. Now, this is a loose number. This is one of those questions where it's like, over some number how many guitars does he own according to wikipedia he owns over some number of guitars i'm assuming that number is close to the actual number he owns so we're just looking for that number how many guitars does john mayer own 17 oh it's more than this uh i'm gonna say 30 but i think it's way more than that yeah it's over 200 he collects guitars (laughs) and he's you know pretty rich because he's john mayer so nerd bomber you're on the board it's now two to one the prophecy is it's as the prophecy is foretold how many studio albums has John Mayer released? Not EP, not any of that nonsense. Studio albums. I think there's I think there's five. Five studio albums. The rest are EPs. I don't like how confident you were. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say six because someone's got to do a oh, plus one. Oh, what a one. jerk. He's done it, folks. Eight studio albums. I'm going to read them here for you. He used the plus one trick and it was it was dirty, but you know... He, he's got to do what he's got to do at this point. Uh, so his first studio album, as I mentioned, was Room for Squares in 2001. Continuum uh, is my personal favorite. I had a big Continuum phase. Continuum. Oh, my God. It's such a good album. Heavier Things, Paradise Valley, Battle Studies, Born and Raised, Sob oh, Rock. I forgot about Battle Studies. You guys want to know how much I listened to John Mayer when he came on the radio? Oh, that you know what? I was, reading from the, I was reading from the wrong... Thing. Let me, the wrong guy let me go won order. this one. Just saying. Room, 
Room for Squares, Heavier Things, Continuum, Battle Studies, Born and Raised, Paradise Valley, The Search for Everything, and Sobrock. So yeah, Born and Raised is pretty much when I got off the train because then he went all like bluegrass and weird. But the other four before that are all fantastic albums. I strongly recommend all of them. Continuum in particular was like chef's kiss situation. Just unbelievably good album. Probably my my top five. Okay, well, Nerd Bomber has, er, has lost. We can go through the last... To, I'll just read you the answers to the last two questions. We're, we're pretty well over time here. He has won seven Grammys. So I don't know. Take from that what you will. I would actually have thought it would have been more than that, but he's only won seven. And he has sold over 17 million records. So Tactic, you've done it again, my friend. I have to give you a lot of credit. You've you've bounced back in a pretty phenomenal way here. Six and eight. Nerd Bomber at eight and six. I am at 11 and two. So next week I will be taking on Nerd Bomber. And uh, Tectic, just you, you, you're climbing that ladder, my friend. Again, credit where credit is due. You're doing it. We're all, we're all very proud. So yeah, next week, Nerd Bomber versus myself. More news, more laughs. One of us may have added a number to our name. Who knows? Time, time will tell, I suppose. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with us to the end. Thank you for hitting us up on Twitter. Handles already mentioned. And maybe leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback you know who's your favorite warrior etc whatever you want to make it we'll, we'll read it as far as who to tell your guitar teacher you, tell your guitar teacher tell tell him or her head to your head to your local music store and while you're plucking away say hey i have this podcast recommendation for you i'm sure they'll be receptive we'll see you next week thanks for being here